I'm Timothy Zahn, author of Thrawn, and you're listening to The Escape Podcast. This episode was recorded in front of a live studio audience. One is a Grand Arena Specialist from the UK. The other is a Territory Battle Tactician from the US. Together, there are no signs of intelligent life on board. But with both having decades of hosting experience under their belt, the one thing we are sure of is you will be entertained. This is the Escape Pod Cast, a weekly look into the mobile game Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Live from the Nerdy Network Studios of Yavin 4, here are your hosts, Neil Andrew Ayer and Paul Anthony. Coming up on this week's edition of the Escape Pod Cast. After a slow week last week, this week had a few interesting communications from CG. Well, we got another rebel ship, and this one I think you would be stoked about, Neil. What's your thoughts? Meh. <laughs> we also got a Datacron economy update. Uh, I called this release it broken and then be there with a hero complex fixing it all. Oh, yeah. yeah it's it's pretty hard to defend that one. Uh, oh, uh, there is an Asajj Omicron and uh, Sortie is now farmable as well, though. And the Galactic Legend Palpatine event uh, seems to be bugged. Uh, I'm surprised it's not fixed by now. <laughs> so, Neil, who you got for our guest this week? Uh, what are you asking me for? It was your turn to find someone this week. No, I got Dickie last week for us. Uh, let me see what I can do. Okay, okay. Well, we do have the start of Swaggies this week. You know, everybody remind, uh, you know, remember to vote. This weekend is the only voting period. Uh, this is going to be a fun month in the third break. Oh, and of course, Patreon's choice is on the bridge. All this and breaking news as and if it happens. Right here on the Escape Pod Cast. The Escape Pod Cast News. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Escape Pod. Cast. I'm your host, Nev, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, who's sitting a little bit high in his chair because I'm not. that's not You're... where he was when I set I'm the not. camera. <laughs> there is that's not where you were sat when I set the camera. <laughs> so I'll have to tweak that. Um, uh, but there. yes, there. Yes. I'm down. I'm down a little bit more. You're down a little bit more. Yeah, you were totally <laughs> blocking Bob. I'm just going to say that I don't think that that was an accident. Bob, how do you feel about? Paul blocking you. I mean, he was deliberately, deliberately blocking you. Before I was bones he blocking. He was blocking. Bones you. blocking me. I'm pretty mad about it. I'll, I'll get him back. You'll get him back somehow. Um, yeah. Next time he, ne ne next time he's doing maintenance in the escape pods, um, uh, just, just send him a little reminder of who controls the, uh, the onboard <laughs> computer and the release system. Uh, I'll give him a little jolt. I'm pretty sure he won't get in your way again after that. So, uh, yes. So, so we're a little bit late today, but uh, uh, Paul's a, Paul, Paul will explain. Paul? So I've been having problems, and, and we're going to make this public. I've been having problems with the Xfinity dropping upload speeds entirely. I went live at our scheduled time, 
and my little box at the bottom of OBS flashing orange red, orange red, orange red. That's not a good thing, Neil. You know that for a fact as well. Mm. Oh, yeah, I know. When that box goes red, you're kind of screwed. The circle yeah. of death. Yeah, it and it gives the circle of death on the on the main uh, on the main. So, yeah, they're going to be out here on Sunday. I have work on Monday. If it's not fixed by then, we have a problem. <laughs> so, Skynet, just just go Skynet. You know, it's although I suppose if you get bad weather with Skynet, then that that would kind of screw. I've I've dealt with the satellite internet before, and yeah, if you get bad weather, the um, atmospherics just totally screw up your connection. This, <laughs> this, I mean, is it is it one of those is it one of those South Park situations where you're kind of screwed? It's like, oh, you want to change you want to change your internet internet. Oh, I'm afraid you can't because we're the only one. No. I actually, I've actually been told that fiber is right down the alley now. Oh, so you do have that. So there is a competitor to Xfinity. Oh, there, there's a big competitor to Xfinity and they have fiber. And I left them originally because they didn't have fiber and now they do. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm coming, coming from a comms background, um, the way that fiber gets used over here is pretty pathetic to be perfectly honest with you it's like oh we'll give you fiber and we'll give you gigabit ethernet and i'm thinking to myself really is that it what's the point in putting fiber at people's doors if you're only going to give them like a fraction of what a fiber optic cable bandwidth is capable of providing because it's a lot more than a gigabit you can get a gigabit from copper and they replace the copper, swap it out with fiber, and it's like, yeah, okay, so give me what fiber can give me. They don't. They just don't do it. Um, well, I, witness, I, I'd be happy if I have consistency right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, they do. Neil, yep. Okay. I was just yeah. gonna say we, you know, it. We could talk all day about connection, but we <laughs> we now have thirty minutes less of our show. Yes, we do have thirty minutes less of the show. Good point. Very good so, point. So let's not do that. Let's talk about the dev insights that they gave us for Kyle Katarn's Ravenclaw. A Hawk 290 comes mm -hmm. to the game before yep. an A-Wing. Mm -hmm. A Hawk 290. Yeah. And are you over there going, oh, shoot, he knows Hawk 290. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm over here. I'm over here going, we know that the profundity's coming, but we still don't have enough you know, rebels to equally split. And they've come up with this weird scoundrel rebel split, regular rebels. So I'm I'm looking at that and I'm thinking to myself, that that's not fair. And it's not right. Did they do that with the they didn't do it with the Empire ones, did they? You know, uh, oh you must bit. use I... this you must use these Empire with Thrawn and you must use these Empire with with uh with Tar they, they didn't do any of that. But for some reason, it looks like they're going to make profundity um, specific to uh, um, scoundrel. But uh, there were better ways of doing it. There were better ones that you could put in their place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, you, you. I mean, you're about to go through the kit now. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, get... I'm going to go through the dev insight because um, uh, Thaddeus goes through the kit on the Escape mm -hmm. Podcast for Kids. Okay. So um, you do that while I re readjust your camera. 
<laughs> no problem. We're happy to introduce you to Raven's, uh, Raven's Claw. Empowered by Foresight gives foresight to non-scoundrel rebel allies. Attacks cannot be evaded. Raven's Claw provides greater benefits if Home 1 is the capital ship. So that means that they're peeling off the U-Wings. They're peeling off of, you know, they're, they're peeling off the, the Millennium Falcon, though. Mm-hmm. Because non-scoundrel rebel allies that pulls the Falcon away from home one. Does that make any sense? No, it doesn't. <laughs> so anyway, enemy gets target lock when Raven uh, Raven's Claws uh, starts. And once again, another RC. We have the Razor Crest and Raven's Claw. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm just from now on, I'm pulling a Pizza Planet uh, Aliens. And it is now just the claw. <laughs> so the claw has more speed when it has foresight. The claw can basic attack twice when it has foresight. Dispels enemy buffs when it attacks twice. And on an enemy's turn, random ally gains defense up. If the enemy doesn't attack a defense up target, the enemy gets defense down. So it's like saying, Hey, over here, over here. <laughs> um, it gains foresight whenever an enemy is given target lock. And when foresight expires, ally earns offense up. One moment while I take a look at this, because up at the very top, up at the very top in the, in the, um, uh, what do you call it? App, the, picture it says that it's a bounty hunter ship in the picture yeah yeah they they, they that was that was an error because then obviously when, that it an error? The, when it gets to the kit uh when it gets to the kit it, it switches it back to just light side yeah it is not about it is not a bounty hunter ship so uh -uh. all right so uh unique allows non-scoundrel rebel allies nor taunt so no hiding behind a hound's tooth, Neil. Mm-hmm. Kyle Katarn had two ships. Uh, here, talking about the inspirations. Kyle Katarn had two ships across his appearance, the Moldy Crow, and then also the Raven's Claw. He was not... Um, he was not a... He was, he was not, not the pilot, pilot of the Raven's Claw. He, yeah. He crew. He, he was simply the crew. Yeah, he was uh, they made the sure crew. that the, he made sure that the ship is crewed by a force user with the ability names force guided laser cannons, battle flow manipulation, and the heavy reliance of foresight through guiding foresight. Now, this is a little bit of what you see of the ship if you've ever played the X-wing miniature game. All right, okay. You can if you you know. Kyle Katarn is in that game, and it, he has these abilities if you're playing a rebel fleet. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, I, you know, I loved putting, I loved putting the Hawk in the Scoundrel lineup. I played Scum and Villainy all day. Hmm. Uh, you know, Punishing One and IG, the, the IG 2000 cheese was wonderful. <laughs> but 
I mean, it's a, uh, the original design has no visible weapons, so we were given some freedoms in where and how the attacks for this ship looked. It's true. The Hawk is a cargo ship. I don't know why it doesn't have the cargo it doesn't, yeah, it, it. it doesn't have the, yeah, it doesn't have that um, uh, tag on it. But the thing, you know, the CG aren't, you know, that good at getting, I mean, don't get me wrong, they don't get it wrong, wrong all the time, but every now and then they do get it wrong. Um, they do get it wrong. It, I, I just think it's a case of they're looking at the ship. They're looking. They're probably looking at an image of the ship and thinking, "Yeah, that's more fighter size." Without actually, you know, going on Wikipedia and finding out what the actual dimensions of the ship are, and going, "Holy crap, that ship is huge!" Yeah, that's a cargo ship. That's not just a fight. It's like the Houndstooth. <laughs> the Houndstooth is huge. Okay, but, but you no, it's not think... as big as the Houndstooth. A hawk is a hawk's about the size of an X-wing tip to tip. Yeah, but it's got more bulk. It's got more bulk. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Millennium Falcon's not huge, but it's definitely a cargo ship. You just can't see where most of the containment is because it's under the floorboards, you know, because it's a smuggling ship. It's a so smuggling Most cargo of the cargo ship. is stashed in the ship as opposed to, uh, you know, openly in the hold at the back, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, it's a... Uh... They had a fat, uh, frequently asked questions. Why is it non-scoundrel rebel, rebels as a restriction on several of his abilities? Their answer, for game balance reasons, we had to make sure that some of his abilities were kept in check. Uh, Zaz puts it mildly when he says they didn't want to make the MILF a nuke with the enhancements. You know, the ability for the Falcon to target anything to ignore target lock mm -hmm. would just be astronomically putting home one in a position you know with go twice okay fine bang 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 bang, bang. <laughs> you're all dead yeah but that that would only that would only make sense if there were other rebel ships that could go with it just, just putting. I, I think you know if they remove that and and you just put Kargatan on the rebels, it it's still not going to be um, as potent against a, an executor. It's not about maintaining balance. It's them not wanting to create a ship that creates an instant counter to executor. And and even then, I don't think it would be an instant counter against executor um, because the executor can dispel constantly uh, the hound's tooth can dispel constantly you know they've got mass assists you've got the razor crest you know <laughs> it, it the, 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 there's only two, i mean the, you got to get very 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 um good uh rng favor with a home one just to take out the hound's tooth um and the only two fleets that can really one shot the uh, the executor are first order and the uh, um, the separatists. So if they're talking about uh, using, oh, we don't want him to be so good, it wouldn't bring balance. It's like, no, it, it, it doesn't matter. There are already counters to the executor. And and my, th my thoughts are they didn't want to just instantly do that because it's like, well, here's a third counter to the executor. It's like, no, everybody's already smart 
to the counters to the executor. So just having another one, it do, it would have created balance because then it would have been like, oh, we've got a, a one, two, three, four meta again. It wouldn't matter what you put in. People would be thinking to themselves, especially for GAC and for Territory Wars in the PvP situation, um, all right, okay, maybe we don't, maybe I don't put my executor on defense because now First Order and Malevolence and Rebels can counter it. So it, it makes strategies and tactics for PvP, um, you know, it, it makes people have to be a little bit more ballsy. Maybe people think to themselves, well, sod it. You know, let's just take the, the executor on offense because on offense, it beats everything. Putting it on defense, it can be beaten, you know? If they put, so look, looking at this, the Outrider has the, um, has the scoundrel tag. So they're putting all the new ships into, you, you say the profundity, do you? Yeah. It's I mean, what, what, where's your, where's your source on that? It's, it's, it's obvious. They're, they're telegraphing it, not very obvious. You know, they're telegraphing it very obviously that, you know, with, with Radis. Yeah, they're 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 making all of this stuff very very obvious. We just don't know how or what type of profundity we're going to get. Is it going to be an event like the Executor? If they do an event like the Executor, then it's obvious that they're making the profundity as a direct counter. If they don't do it, oh like yes. That, if they don't do the profundity like they did the uh, uh, the Executor. Um, then we'll know that it might counter the executor, but you're going to need all your eggs in one basket and you're going to need, you know, you know, prayers to uh, RN Jesus. Um, but, but like I said, we don't know how effective it's going to be because it's never going to be a full fleet, you know, which is why I do genuinely believe that the, uh, profundity when it's released is going to have a summon x-wing just like the malevolence whenever you use a special it will summon an x-wing that's what i think the profundity that's what i think it's going to do because it alleviates the problem of not having enough ships for the capital nobody complains nobody complains that we've only got five separatist ships for malevolence because the malevolence summons vulture droids for that and one, for that one single reason, nobody complains that we need more separatists. How People, many? How many ships do you need when you field the executor? Four. I can go in with four ships and be any executor. Yeah, but it's nice to have that fifth. It's nice to be. It's nice to have both IG and it, Boba. It's nice to have a reach around. Yeah, I know, but. You can do it with four ships. Yeah, no, you can do it with four ships if you go first. If you go second, you need all five. If you do not win the coin toss, you need five. If you win the coin toss, you only need four. That's what... So I'm, I mean, I, I'm like you. I do my ship battles every single day in Fleet Arena in order to get number one. If I win the coin toss, I only need four of the ships. If I lose the coin toss, I need all five in order to win. Because my opponent's Death Star is going to go off first, and I need all five ships out. Even if they're stunned, it doesn't matter. I need all five ships there because I ain't got my capital ship anymore. So that, that's, that's my argument why people, you know, there's no need for any more bounty hunters. Five is fine. But with, with Profundity, an extra rebel capital ship, 
we do not have enough to split. Yeah. I mean, let's let's. I mean, there's we, two we, more ships coming. Yeah, there's, there are we, two I more mean, ships coming. We 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 we. we I mean, we can be honest about you know the home one. If you haven't won, um, after the if you haven't won after the second reinforcement with home one, you, you're either going to have a very very bad day. Or, you get a hot or, dog instead of pizza. What? Yeah, you're either going to have a very, very bad day, or you're just going to squeak out a victory. Um, because I mean, let's be honest. Most people will go in with three rebels, and most people only need, say, uh, Cassian and um, uh, probably Cassian and Sabine. You know, you can bring in Sabine um, for a big whammy, or you can bring Cassian in to, you know, take something out. So you home one, you can get away with five. Um, so you're going to need at least five. Um, you're going to need at least five ships for the, uh, uh, you're going to need at least five ships for the profundity. So, uh, it's going to be the outrider, the millennium Falcon. And, and that's a good point without the millennium Falcon on the home one fleet. Um, the home one fleet is, is, it's not going to have any good effect at all. It's because it's going to become a useless one. Uh, it, it's going to become a useless fleet without the Millennium Falcon in the Home One fleet. It's useless. So, you know, Carl Gatan really is going to have to pick up the slack. I don't think he's going to be as OP as the Millennium Falcon. We'll find out. But then you've got the Millennium, you've got the MILF, you've got the Outrider, um, going with the Profundity. Two more ships, which is why I think the Profundity will have, like I said, it'll have the summon. Okay, so um, the other two facts are, by the way, uh, I have no idea what's going on with Bob up there. Um, <laughs> isn't Jan Ors the pilot of the Raven's Claw, as we pointed out? Our units can only be crew on one ship. Was Jan Ors on any other ship? I have no idea. Look that up, Bob. Look gotcha. that up when, when you can actually, you know, use your hand. I got you. I think I can. Do I it. mean, your AI. <laughs> yes, it's all in my brain, um, man. And then I why? Why all the specific callouts to Home One? There isn't another Rebel capital ship. What a profound question. I'm still thinking. I honestly am still thinking Tantive Four. But that's just me. And then um, finally, do, how do I acquire the ship? There is a galactic chase. It's going on right now. Any final uh, any final thoughts before we take a quick break? No, the Tantive Four could be one of the two ships that are coming in. It'd have to take up two spots. No, they, they can make it look small enough on the screen. They can make it okay. look small enough on the screen. We we talked about this before. The length of the Houndstooth and the length of the Tantive Four is actually quite close to each other. Bob, check out the check out the length, check out the length of the Houndstooth. The ship dimensions for the Houndstooth and the Tantive Four while we're on break. All right. We're going to take this break right now. On the other side, we're going to talk about the draw, the uh, Data Cron Economy Shuffle, the, the fix. You know, mm. they're being heroes. Yeah, right. We'll see after these messages right here on the Escape Pod cast. HotBot in Hot Utils is one of the most comprehensive tools for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. With integration into the super useful mod tool Grand Ivory, Hot Utils can help you tackle some of the most difficult 
aspects of the game. Not sure how to mod your roster for a certain game mode? Use one of the many filters that automatically assigns the right mods to the right character in accordance with your guild needs. Now with the digital features that can assist you and your guild officers in territory battles and territory wars, Hot Utils is an amazing value. And don't forget the useful tools for yourself in Grand Arena, like the in-depth and customizable compare feature. Got multiple accounts like Neil, but not the time to remod them all? With this one-stop utility, you can switch between your alts and never miss a mod upgrade or a mod switch before locking into GAC or Territory Wars. Starting at just $5 a month, you don't want to miss out on these great tools. Hot Utils is the new official remodding service for the Escape Pod. Cast. Visit HotUtils.com to learn more. That's H-O-T-U-T-I-L-S.com. And go ahead and spice up your Galaxy of Heroes experience. Podawans, be sure to support the shows brought to you on the Escape Podcast Twitch and YouTube channel by becoming a Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, you can support us and get a little extra for yourself. With tiered rewards, including after-show access, inclusion in the GA Center leaderboards, behind-the-scenes access, and much more. There is something for everyone on our Discord server. Head on over to Patreon, that is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash the escape pod and sign up today thank you for supporting and listening to the escape podcast welcome into the patreon leaderboard brought to you by the patreons of the escape podcast are you not a streamer but would like to see your name on the boards just like streamers on ga center while well, we do that right here on the escape podcast and would love to have you go to patreon.com slash the escape pod to sign up at kyber combatant level or higher and we will get you in on this board but let's take a look who's currently on the board right now we have we start out with d goes one and two his banners were only 649 he had seven wins zero losses and one hold he went one and two with only 649 banners i think you won because you attacked <laughs> dr jojo goes three and oh i wrote a little bit of a long uh long report but we'll skim over it here first three and oh he can remember since season two of gac 3.0 and the datacron and omicron advantage none of it really came into play if you will there was none is what he was trying to say round one he one shot in both um his opponent one shot in both ray and jmk but he had a dash han chewy with cd reduction and that gave him the hold and then round two, he faced somebody 1.5 million GP higher and better mods and a sick Ray Datacron. That did not help them as well. He ended up, because he his opponent couldn't fall clear, he was able to take home the win. Round three, he faced an 11 million GP Kraken with all the Omicrons, but did not invest in Datacrons. Even though he his opponent one-shot him, he dropped a lot of banners, and he won... 1820 to 1769. Not bad, Dr. Jojo. 3-0 at 53-73, 42 wins, 3 losses, 7 holds. That is a very, very good week. Now, 4 strong goes 1-2, 1,147 banners, 11 wins, 2 losses with 7 holds. And Hot Sauce, our defending champion, he also goes 3-0. He battles with Dr. Jojo every single week. 40, uh, 49-23 with 41 wins, 16 losses, and 17 holds. And then Sephiranus goes 2-1, and 
22-16 with 18 wins, zero losses, and three holes. Let's take a, take a look at the uh, the board right now. Dr. JoJo and Hot Sauce, four and two, with only, only just over or just under 400 banners separating the two of them. This could come down to banner efficiency. And right now, Dr. JoJo has that lead. Sephiranis, though, right behind him at three and three. If he goes three and oh, and both of them go one and two, Sephiranis is our leader. And then also, we have a four strong going two and four, and then D going two and four. Both of those possibly, probably out of contention. We'll see what happens. But we would love to have you as well on this board. Once again, go to patreon.com slash the escape pod and sign up at the Kyber Combatant level or higher. We would love to have you. Thanks for watching. Coming up, more of the escape podcast. Be nice to each other, damn it. We want you join the GAC chain gang today. This is the commander of the 506 Procrastination Battalion and the leader of the GAC chain gang. I am sending out a call to action for any Swago content creators on Twitch who would be willing to broadcast their GAC attack rounds. We are an amazing group of content creators who are dedicated on streaming the Grand Arena Championship attack rounds on Twitch. The idea is to provide continuous content back to back from one streamer to the next and allow the viewers to enjoy more Swago content as well as enjoy the variety of streamers that are currently present in the group. If you are interested in joining the chain gang, please reach out to myself on Discord at AndyBees, hashtag 7465, or you can send us a message on our Twitter page at ChainGAC. Join us today. We have your back. You're listening to the Escape Pod Cast. And welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, uh, we, uh, we asked, uh, Bob a couple questions before we went to the break. So Bob, what's yeah. the difference in length between the, uh, the hound's tooth and the, uh, the Tantive four? The Tantive four is 126 meters and the hound's tooth is 47 meters. So a little less it than half doubles the size. size. It's going to have to take up two slots. Neil. No, it's not. <laughs> and the reason why I say this is because the hound's tooth is twice as long as the Millennium Falcon, but in the game, the Millennium Falcon is a bigger image than the Hound's Tooth. Check that. I don't. I think the Millennium Falcon is about three fourths the size of the Hound's Tooth. I'm on it. Three, uh, three, real, real, three fourths. You mean three, three quarters? Real quick. Three uh, quarters. You mean three quarters? <laughs> Why would you say three fourths? It's three quarters. One point five halves. I, I think. I think the Millennium Falcon is at most. At most. 25 to 30 meters long. I'm looking it up. But uh, also, Jan Orr's piloted Raven's Claw and the Moldy Crow. And the Moldy Crow. So we could be getting Jan Orr's and the Moldy Crow to go with profundity. But Jan Orr's at the same time was a little bit in the scoundrel area too. Well, they're going to have to be scoundrels, but rebel friendly. But there's the whole, unless they're compensating for home one and giving it friends. Mm. I mean, there is, I suppose, I mean, they could throw the Marauder in there. 
they could throw the Marauder in there. But we've already got Bad Batch, so, I mean, it's not like it's not a ship that doesn't have the crew already in the game. Please, God, uh, make it every, all five of them be required then. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking, be, be, lore is out the window here. It's just three, well, of like, course. Lore is completely out the window with regards to the ships that are going to be needed for the profundity because the Millennium Ooh. Falcon didn't fight with the profundity. It didn't, but they're making it that the Millennium Falcon has to go with that ship when they finally bring it out. Lore Speaking... is out the window. Hang on one second, Bob. Lore is out the window in this entire game because we can have five Hans on the same team. But regardless, lore still needs to make sense for the kit. Go ahead, Bob. Sorry. Oh, I just wanted to tell you that the Millennium Falcon's 34 meters long. <laughs> oh, wow. 34. I thought it was about 30, 25 to 30. And how, how long's the uh, houndstooth? 30, no, 47. Okay, so uh, four, 34 divided by 47, 0. 0.723. Oh, three quarters. So you were wrong. It wasn't three quarters. Oh, blow it out. Your... It was <sighs> seven tenths, which isn't three quarters. Look, ships, ship, ships in this game has ships never happen. ships <laughs> ships in this game has never strictly followed the law. We we know that from events. We've seen that in events. It 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 has never completely followed. I mean, look, look at the uh, look at the bomber, the resistance bomber. I mean, it's Rose Tico. Rose Tico was never a pilot. <laughs> she never piloted a bomber. It was a Zaz is saying Zaz is saying Milf will still go with Home One, but Home One is the ship for the, for the raven's claw yeah so that doesn't make sense that it would still it would still go with it all right so unless they start changing the tags unless they do unless they do reworks of the ships and they start switching tags if like they the do that if they change they could change the ghost to be scoundrel if they do that then we'd get refunds on whatever we did to get those ships because they profoundly changed the the makeup of it. I'm still bitter about the Qui-Gon Jinn thing that they said, oh no, I'm sorry, you can't do it with GLs now. I put it on there for a GL killer. That yeah. profoundly no, no, changes no. Yeah. the- I, I did the same thing on my old account because it was a GL killer. It meant, oh, brilliant, that's a GL. I can put one extra GL on defense because I've got Qui-Gon with a non-non. And then they took it away. <laughs> yep. Uh, speaking of, uh, speaking of non-non, we, we do have to move on here. Um, Asajj Ventress got a Omicron. Mm -hmm. Bob, you were really excited about this. You know, I, I saw the, the lights, the board lighting up like crazy when this feed came through. Uh, what, what's got you so excited about this? Um, well, I have high relic, um, uh, night sisters on my alt and they're really good, but then you add all that turn meter from her Omnicron and if she's making them tankier. They're going to be scary on offense or defense. Um, that's what I think from the text. I mean, so I'm just, it just looks really exciting. It's going to take a still somewhat scary team and take them up to another level and make go them viable. Over the, uh, go over the text. Yep. Night Sister allies gain 30% max health. Uh, this is in Grand Arena. Night Sisters uh, get 30% max health, potency, 
and tenacity. When any ally or enemy is defeated, all Night Sister allies gain 10% turn meter, recover 25% protection, and the cooldown of Endless Wrath is reset. When Asajj uses it, it inflicts healing immunity on all enemies for two turns and reduces their defense and max health by 4% for the rest of the encounter, excluding GLs. And Asajj has a plus 10 critical damage for each enemy with debuffs. Do you know why I'm not excited about this? Why? Because Datacons negate it. There are Datacons that can do a lot of that. Right, there's data cons that can do a lot of that, and there but are. But this is permanent, counters. and yeah. not, and not. Ooh, got your dollar. Got to be faster than that. Mm, Imperial troopers are still going to counter it. There's nothing in that that is going to stop the Imperial troopers from destroying the Night Sisters, because if the Imperial troopers are faster, they'll go first. They'll still do the turn meter removal with Gideon. So it won't matter. Um, what was the what was the part of the kit where somebody died? What do they get when somebody dies? Well, first off, I'm gonna men um, I'm gonna mention that they get thirty percent tenacity, so they get additional to be able to resist the debuffs from the Imperial Troopers team. But whenever an ally or enemy is defeated. Everybody gains 10% turn meter, 25% uh, protection, and Endless Wrath is reset. Okay, Neil, anytime an ally or enemy. Yeah. Th that includes the zombie. Yeah, no, no. I, and, but but, if, if you, but the, the Imperial Trooper, the Imperial Trooper counter only requires you to take out the uh, zombie once at the start and then you can move on to then you move on to uh, old daka and then you just go through them and let's not forget the um every time the imperial troopers take somebody out they're getting their buffs and let's be honest if you see an asajj ventress with an omicron on um i'm still going to take my imperial troopers in what i'll more than likely do is just throw a level one or a level two datacon on there that either increases the health steal um or increases tenacity or increases potency or increases crit damage that, that that it's easier to just throw a low level datacron on a team than it is to save 20 uh, unless of course they start throwing omicrons around like they're confetti um i i have been farming nothing but cantina nodes for the last week i have not got a single i have spent hundreds and hundreds of refreshes, crystal refreshes in Cantina, it has not moved from eight in over a week. So, but in a week, I could get X amount, you know, but in a week, somebody could get X amount of datacons with abilities on those datacons that n kind of cancel out a lot of uh, Omicrons. Datacon, that, I mean, I thought, don't get me wrong, don't, um, Omicrons are a great thing. I thought Omicrons were great. You save up for it, you put it on your character, it's a permanent attachment. But there are Datacons that will completely cancel out these Omicrons, which uh, which begs the, what's the point in investing in them? You know? Is this 
are are you using a terminology here? Because I had somebody mention this uh, in this thing. You're calling them data cons. Yes, I'm calling them in, data cons instead of the crons. Instead of crons, yeah. Okay, I'm just I'm just making sure that this is your, no, 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 your this, colloquialism you're, you're, uh, yeah, for this. It's 100% accurate. I will refer to them as data cons, not data crons. <laughs> I'm not going to refer to them by by their actual name. I'll refer to them by their the the affectionate nickname that I've gave, given them, which is data con. Well, a piece of crap by any other name still smells like crap. Yeah, just yeah, saying. And, and uh, yeah, the, yeah, data cons. This is as simple as that. But you know. They, they, uh, they suck. You know, I, I have invested in Omicrons. And um, with the exception of my Starkiller, who has three Omicrons on, a lot of the single ones, they don't mean squat. You know, the Qui-Gon Omicron? Just, just you can destroy it. Just just pick a team, put a really decent, a really decent uh, Datacon on it. <clears throat> meaningless. Absolutely Meaningless. So the, the hundreds of hours that you've played the game and that you farmed um, Cantina nodes in order to get 20 of the damn things just to put it on one character, gone. That investment is meaningless. Not, not, not all of them and not with all of the Datacons. I'm saying it's some of them with some of the Datacons. You get the right Datacon, it will cancel out that permanent improvement that you thought you put on your character. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, other things that happen, and we're going to be getting, after the after the next break, we're going to be getting into the um, end of the Dev Insight, or not the Dev Insight, but the, uh, the, the data, Datacron economy changes. Oh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the changes. Because the kit's about to um, hit the fan with uh, Thaddeus during story time. So, uh, I mean, what are we, what are we to do, Neil? <laughs> well, look, it's, it, this, this is, here's the thing, you, you, let's harken back to just before uh, the months running up to Galactic Challenges, the hype for Galactic Challenges, right? You remember I was on that hype train. I was really, really excited about challenges. Oh, yeah. A new mode, and I, I got swept up by the hype, and then they released it broken. It was crap. It was absolutely horrendous. And I was so annoyed because um, the cynical side of me went, okay, that is wrong. That is wrong. I can't remember the exact three things, but it was three glaringly obvious. I mean, we I can't remember them because they fixed them immediately. Literally. That, oh, we've heard you and we're going to change this, this and this. And the cynic in me was like, you deliberately released challenges with those three things broken because you knew that the community would come out and that they would say these three things are wrong and they're making challenges crap. And then 48 hours later, oh, we, we've, you know, CG comes out. We hear you. We've listened to your feedback and we're going to change those three things. And then they change them and everyone's like, oh, wow. I wasn't. I was cynical. I was like, no, you hyped this for months. You could have released it correct. You could have released it with those three things not broken, but you didn't want to because then you knew people would nitpick at the 10 tiny little things that were wrong with it. Instead of three glaringly obvious things. Datacons, well, 
exactly the same thing. Yeah. They've well, released the... it with issues. And this is... And we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, which we'll get to. Um, there is a known issue right now, Sith Eternal Emperor's event. Some freezing going on. Um, and also, speaking of Datacrons, they um, accidentally send out da- Datacron 2 materials when they should have sent out Datacron 1 materials to a subset of the community. I'm wondering if that was the Kraken tier. Mm-hmm. That they did that too, and now they're going to send them more subset one. What the hell? Who gives a shit about subset one? <laughs> no, no one cares about set one now. People only care about set two. All you right. can st- don't get me wrong. You, I mean, yeah, sure. You know, for the next couple of months, right? You can make upgrades to set one. But here's the thing: because it's a temporary buff to a squad that is Relic 3 or above, what's the point? Seriously, if you've got 60 days on a set that you can upgrade, or 90 days to upgrade, what are you going to put your resources into? What are you going to put your ally points, your currency, and your crystals into? Are you going to take a level 0 set 1 and upgrade that, and spend resources on upgrading that, which you're only going to get for another 60 days, or... Are you going to spend your resources on a zero data con, level zero data con that you've got 90 days on? My, my advice yeah. would be to everybody, it doesn't matter what your set ones are now, do not waste any currency on those set ones. Don't spend a damn thing. Don't spend your crystals. Don't spend your currency. Don't spend your ally points. You've got 60 days left with that set and then it's gone. Right, yeah, you've got 90 days on set two. Put all of your resources into Datacon set two. Simple all right. as that. All right, so we're going to be talking about that in just a moment. Thank you, Cass, for the shiny nickel. We're going to be talking about that in just a moment after these messages and story time with Uncle Thad. You're going to see incoming transmission, but Bob. Block any incoming transmissions, even though that you know, even though you hear the sounder you're we're keeping you active because there might we might need you for this next segment right here on the escape pod cast hot bot and hot utils is one of the most comprehensive tools for star wars galaxy of heroes With integration into the super useful mod tool, Grand Ivory, Hot Utils can help you tackle some of the most difficult aspects of the game. Not sure how to mod your roster for a certain game mode? Use one of the many filters that automatically assigns the right mods to the right character in accordance with your guild needs. Now with additional features that can assist you and your guild officers in territory battles and territory wars, Hot Utils is an amazing value. And don't forget the useful tools for yourself in Grand Arena, like the in-depth and customizable compare feature. Got multiple accounts like Neil, but not the time to remod them all? With this one-stop utility, you can switch between your alts and never miss a mod upgrade or a mod switch before locking into GAC or Territory Wars. Starting at just $5 a month, you don't want to miss out on these great tools. Hot Utils is the new official remodding service for the Escape Pod. Cast. Visit HotUtils.com to learn more. That's H-O-T-U-T-I-L-S.com. And go ahead and spice up your Galaxy of Heroes experience. 
Podawans. Be sure to support the shows brought to you on the Escape Podcast Twitch and YouTube channel by becoming a Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, you can support us and get a little extra for yourself. With tiered rewards, including access to Shitty Bill's Arena tracking bot, after-show access, inclusion in the GA Center leaderboards, behind-the-scenes access, and much more. There is something for everyone on our Discord server. Head on over to Patreon, that is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash The Escape Pod, and sign up today. Thank you for supporting and listening to The Escape Podcast. Escape Pod, cast for kids. It's really cool. Hello there, Padawans, and welcome back to another episode of Storytime with Uncle Thad. Last week, we took a look at Kyle Katarn and asked ourselves, why is Capital Games making Kyle Katarn a bonus reward? It didn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, my friends, today we have our answer. Kyle Katarn's ship, the Raven's Claw, is on its way to Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. So, with the latest addition to our fleet roster, let's take a look at the Raven's Claw in canon and see just how well it will match up with the kit the devs have created for it. The Raven's Claw was a 20 meter long light courier class ship piloted during the New Republic era. This was a replacement ship for Jan Ors and Kyle Katarn after the Moldy Crow's wings were clipped during the Battle of Rusan. This new ship served the duo as they worked as mercenaries. Jan would use the Raven's Claw to extract Kyle as quickly as possible should the operation turn desperate. The Claw was not excessively armored as it was mostly used as a shuttle. It had twin engines, twin proton torpedo launchers, and laser cannons. While it could be flown with a single pilot, it usually carried only the two passengers. During the time these two piloted the ship, the Raven's Claw was present at a number of decisive battles against the Imperial Remnant. This light courier survived the Battle of Artis Prime and the mission on Alzok III. During the Disciples of Ragnos Crisis, Jaden Kor co-piloted the Claw and went on missions to Corellia, Moss Eisley, Narkrita, Bajum, Bis, and Tasper III. One of the important aspects of how the Moldy Crow and eventually the Raven's Claw were flown is that they were flown with a strong Force user aboard. By using the Force during battle, Kyle Katarn could gain an advantage over his enemies. Now, with that, let's take a look at the Raven's Claw's kit and how it fits into Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. The Raven's Claw is a light side rebel support ship crewed by a Jedi who can use the Force to dictate the flow of battle. As I mentioned earlier, one of the things that makes the Raven's Claw such a unique ship is that it comes equipped and crewed with a Jedi. As Kyle Katarn uses the Force to navigate the terrain of battle, he's able to anticipate his enemy's moves. This foresight allows his basic attack to be twice as dangerous. If his enemy is target locked, the Raven's Claw calls another non-scoundrel rebel ally to assist. One of the most important things about the Raven Claw, and, and something that we should note, is his first special ability is just how important having the home one as an allied capital ship really is. I've always thought that having a Mon Cala present in any fight is just good advice. I mean, the Mon Calamari are excellent battle tacticians and amazing warriors. Having a single Mon Cala capital ship in the game is just awesome. 
Can you imagine if we had two Mon Cala capital ships? I mean, that would be crazy. Some people might call it overkill. The devs would never do anything like that, right? The Claw's unique abilities highlight just how effective Kyle Gatarn was at using the Force to manipulate the flow of battle. He could not only help his crew gain the upper hand during a fight, but he could also help those in his squadron survive the destruction of most space battles. When the Raven's Claw entered battle, it does so ready to deal critical damage to its enemies from any unseen vantage point, leaving the target vulnerable to other attacks. Now, before I go, I want to explore the Dev's insight about the Raven's Claw just a bit. As I mentioned, the Raven's Claw isn't the first ship crewed by Kyle Katarn and Jan Ors. And since Raven's Claw is coming to Swaga, you'd think the chances of players seeing the Moldy Crow enter the Hollow Table battlefield would drop to zero, but that's not entirely the case. On the devs inside of the forum section, they answered three specific questions about this new ship. WTF is with all the non-scounder rebel teams with the all the home one references and where the F is Jan Ors. And by F, I just mean fudge. The short answer to all of these questions is that we are about to get a lot more from the rebel faction. And with more rebel ships, there's more of a likelihood that other fleets and abilities could probably and would probably bring some game imbalance issues. Well, that's it for me, folks. Stay tuned next week for more story time with Uncle Thad on the Escape Podcast for Kids. Hello friends, this is Thaddeus from Going Nerdy, and I approve this message, and am compensated for signups for this service. The world's largest audiobook library is at your fingertips, and the Escape Pod Castaways wants you to try it for free. Head on over to escapepodcastaways.com and click the Going Nerdy offer button to claim a free audiobook and two Audible Originals. Cancel anytime, and it's absolutely free to sign up. Check out Audible and support the Escape Pond Castaways, all for free. See Audible website for details. Restrictions may apply. Hey there, listeners. Merchandise specialist Curdy K here. Do you enjoy the Escape Pod and want to support the channel and get something a little extra for yourself as well? Head on over to tpublic.com slash user slash the Escape Podcast and grab a Team Neil, Team Paul, Critty Play, or many other fun Padawan designs on your choice of shirt, cup, sticker, mask, or even a magnet. And be sure to check out the Mrs. Anthony Shirts channel on the Escape Podcast Discord and get the latest info on the other designs I make as well. Sometimes there's even a sale going on, so it is smart to stop on by. Thank you for supporting the Escape Podcast. Attention. We are receiving an incoming transmission. Attention. Attention. We are receiving an incoming transmission. And welcome back to the show, everybody. Let's let's rant some more, shall we, Paul? Yeah, so Bob, thank you for blocking any incoming transmissions during uh, this incoming transmission. We have no guest. It's okay, though. We'll have somebody next week. Yes, we will.
We've been listening to your feedback with Datacrons and Seth <laughs> I just sorry, sorry. I just had to laugh at that. It's okay. And have made some adjustments to set two to help give you more materials to upgrade. So they've retuned Conquest Milestone Rewards. If you are on the standard track, you could get one single Datacron, Neil. One. Wow. Ah, ah, ah. To level six. If you get the um the battle pass it will give you a level nine one level nine datacron and all reroll materials are removed from milestone rewards so you can't reroll it hard and medium bonus nodes scaled payout by a factor of three added set two datacrons and materials for purchase in shipments not just the Datacron store at the bottom. Reordered shipment items to place ally and shard shop offerings at the top. Isn't that how it is now? No, no. That, well, yeah, because they've updated it. it. They were all at the bottom. It was all crystal purchases at the top first. Then it was um, uh, then it was uh, uh, shard shop currency. Oh, and then it was got it. Points. Got so they, it, yes. They, they've, they've flipped it so that it's shard shop and ally points first. And the crystal purchases are at the bottom. You know, I actually really, when I looked at it, I went, uh-uh. No. They, <laughs> because they did, I didn't uh, see that down at the bottom. That's uh, very also, true. <laughs> I also think that they increased the costs for things with ally points. Because everything seems to be 100k now. And I'm like, I don't recall everything being, you know, buying the actual Datacon is, a, is the same, the same as buying some of the materials to upgrade it so it's 100k for a cop for a datacon and then it's 100k for a bundle of the updated materials and it's like that yeah but they're, they're two they have two yeah so that was weird all right uh then they gave a free calendar that will contain datacron and upgrades up to level six okay i haven't seen that calendar yet it's not in the it's well, not in the store two. yet percent two yeah, no, I haven't seen it. In, I haven't seen that in the store yet. I've seen a, a paid one for fifteen bucks. I haven't seen a free one in the store yet. But one up to six—that's not too shabby. That I think is the best that they thing that they've done in this whole economy no. shuffle. No, no, there's something no. better. There's is there something better? No, no, it's it, it, just, just they put something in that's free that's going to let somebody take a datacron to level six everybody so it's creating and it's all all they're doing is speeding up the imbalance that's all they're doing is speeding up the imbalance well uh, oh calendar july yeah so somebody somebody's written in chat july the 11th uh, July the 11th is when that uh, calendar is going to become available. Gotcha. And it probably will be that. It's going to be one of them 14-day ones, isn't it? It's yes. It's probably going to be one of them 14-day ones. Yeah. Uh, Cass says, when it comes to Datacrons, uh, CG has bent us over with no lube. Mm-hmm. The, uh, they removed MK1 upgrade material requirement from all upgrades past level 3, so you no longer need level 1 and then more level one, and then more level one, and then, hey, guess what? You need more level one. So they've made it easier to upgrade, that you're not having yeah. to deal with so little. 
So no, no, no. It's it's not it's not that it's it's not that it's easier. It's that you can do it faster. Because whether you could get the the, the it's easy to get them because you've got the resources. You can just get them faster because you know you can get the upgrades faster because there's going to be more of them coming out. So easy or hard is irrelevant because you're spending something in order to get it. You just get more of it. Therefore, the upgrade is faster. So it's increasing the speed, not an it's it's not increasing a, a, a difficulty level up or down. It's increasing a speed up or down with right. which they become more effective. This time around, set to info, they're going to call it the Enduring Codex. And it's only light side. It's only light side. And its character-specific bonuses will be, uh, the factions will be Jedi and Rebel. And the character-specific bonuses will be for the Galactic Legend, Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. The ultra-legendary Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker. Old Ben, Mon Mothma, CLS, another legendary. And, as you said, Ezra Bridger. Ezra Bridger. Yeah, Ezra Ezra Bridger one's gonna Ezra Bridger one's gonna be interesting. Um, Ezra Maybe. Bridger's there. For, Ezra Bridger is there for the Krakens. It's not there for it's because your average player, your your medium, your intermediate player, they're gonna be going for like the JML, the JKL, the CLS ones. They're not gonna be. They're not gonna get a level nine, right? And roll it to Ezra. No, no. That there are more important characters in that list that people will want it to be on. They're not remember to Ezra. These are coded as artifacts, right? The the what they what they are coded in artifacts. Artifacts are also what they use in galactic challenges, in Omicron wording, and also conquest for the opponents and you. So the Ezra Bridger one could turn him into just as annoying as he is when you see him in Conquest where he attacks and attacks and attacks and attacks. <laughs> yeah, so. like, 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 uh, like Machine Gun Sabine. <laughs> pew, yeah. pew, 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 you're dead, pew, pew, pew you're dead, pew, pew. I didn't take a go, you know, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Um, so they say they're yeah. going to continue to monitor feedback. If if you believe now, Neil, you you had three ideas, and and I'm going to give the floor to you here because I really would love to share these three ideas because I think you're there. They were great um, when we were talking about them together earlier. Give the three ideas, and guys, if you're listening to this, clip what Neil's about to say if you agree with it and share it let's get these ideas out there in front of cg past you know <laughs> you know the little british talking head guy on that show over there said this so well go i mean ahead, the, 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 the the obviously you know change number one is an obvious one and it's one that a lot of people have already um parroted which is remove gls gls need to be removed it's as simple as that remove gls um because they're already op um and uh, uh uh you know based off what they did last year when they nerfed a bunch of characters because they didn't like those characters beating gls because they wanted to bring 
balance to the game. Sorry for those listening. I'm doing the uh, uh, inverted air quotes um, with my hands. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's an obvious one. Um, the second one um, is unlock the data cons. They have a lock on that means you cannot put that data con on a team that does not have a minimum of five Relic 3 characters on it. Okay, so it's physically, you know, it's locked. So remove the lock so that you can apply a data con to any squad. But the buffs will only apply to characters that are either, you know, that Relic 3, Relic 5 and Relic 7 levels. And that way I'm going to I'm going to pop in there. What prevents somebody from running a datacron that's really, really good up and only putting that character on and, and i think we talked about this last week and then surrounding it with level 69 cup because whatever's around it is gonna still gonna get destroyed it's gonna get destroyed you know but it still allows you to use the data con and it, it i mean i've, I've had this dis I, I did i did get i did briefly have this discussion with uh Micaeus. um because he, he doesn't think that that would incentivize people to, you know, upgrade characters. And in my opinion, it would. Because if you can apply, you know, if let's say you've got a perfect example for me would be my Imperial Troopers. Uh, um, I've got three at Relic 3 and then I've got two Gear 12s, right? I cannot apply a Datacon to that squad. If I could... And then, you know, I apply it and the three Relic 3s are getting the stats. I might look at that and think, you know what? I really want the stats on those two Gear 12s. I'm going to take them to Relic 3 before I take anything else to Relic 3. If you know what a character is going to get before you put it to Relic 3, it might give you a, a little push um in uh, in that direction i did it with my ahsoka tano i did it with my um newt gunray my newt gunray was gear 12 my ahsoka was gear 12 i took them both to relic 3 because they were the only characters on those squads that needed to be bumped to relic 3 in order for me to apply a datacon to that team so people do have squads with two or three or maybe even four and then one that isn't at relic 3 um, my JML team's a perfect example of that. My Ezra Bridger is only Relic 1. It, it'll take me a day to take him from 1 to 3. And then I can use a Datacom without having to change that team. So I just think that it would be... Um, and then people that then people will look at all of their Datacrons. They will buy... They'll buy um, and they will invest in more Datacons. Sure, you know, most people are just going to be putting level 1, 2 or 3 Datacons on squads... But if you've got one or two, at least you're getting something from that datacon through the two characters that are Relic 3 or above. So um, there's uh, that was, uh, you know, that was uh, number two. Um, All right. Uh, uh, before, before you go to number three, Big Country Megs also makes a great point, though. We need the gear to get them from 12 to 13 before they added datacrons because Relic 3 is irrelevant if you can't get them to Relic in the first place and mm -hmm. damn if is if that isn't true yeah um that's that's a, yeah no 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 that is a perfectly that is a perfectly legitimate point um 
That is a perfectly legitimate point, and um, I, I would uh, I would one hundred percent agree with that. And um, uh, hell, even CG agrees with that. They just don't want to bother implementing it anymore. But, I mean, th that's what they thought. They agreed with that sentiment last year. They one hundred percent agreed with that sentiment last year, and they said we agree, and we're gonna you know. Um, speed things up and we're going to implement these phases in order to do that and then all of a sudden they're like mm, yeah let's just not bother anymore they said that they were going to do it in either i can't remember it was three or four phases they didn't even complete phase one three three phases they said they were going to do it in three phases they didn't even complete phase one so they didn't even make it to phase two for goodness sake so uh yeah we uh, got yeah. yeah we got data cron economy changes instantly though yeah, but we, yeah, exactly. Ironic, you know, huh? data con, exactly. Bob makes a beautiful point there. It's, you know, this is their new shiny that they want people to invest in. So this gets all of the attention. Screw everything else that they said that they're going to do. And I know I'm being cynical about this, but it's like, you, you, you know, CG said that they were going to do it. They lied. I, I'm quite comfortable saying that they've lied because we know from conversations that people had with people from CG at Celebration that they're not going to do it. They're happy with the way things are now. They weren't happy last year, but they're happy now. Which makes absolutely no sense. And to top it all off, there were people at CG that were at Celebration that weren't even aware that these changes had been promised. And that just shows poor communication between the branches within CG. And, and, and I get that, you know, large organizations are com compartmentalized so not you know this you know this group here doesn't know what this group is doing and this group here doesn't know what this group is doing but when you present yourself at an event like celebration the people there need to know everything because they're going to be asked questions by players about everything you you can't have someone that does not know what has been promised by cg and opposed at celebration that they, they need to know everything so that they don't look like a Muppet. And I have a, a lot of sympathy for the people that were there at Celebration that didn't know. It's not their fault that the uh, the hierarchy didn't tell them about stuff like that. Because they and didn't what need was to know. And what was number three? Um, I completely and utterly forgot. It's completely gone off my mind. It's completely left. It's completely gone from my mind. It is completely. Do you gone remember? From... It, he said it during the break. Do you remember what it was, Bob? Can you remember what it was? Because I said it during the break. No, but I my mind has literally drawn a blank. We went on live. I reset my memory bank. Sorry. <laughs> oh. That was it. Yep. Yeah, no. Jack. Jack. Jack Daniels is. Yep. Yeah, uh, offense only. You make the data cron for offense only. So people can't, you know, you, you, you're not going to come up against somebody. That has, I'll give you a perfect a perfect example of this. Solo, Solo Base, who is, let's be honest, he is one of the best. He is one of the elites. He is top He is at the 50. top. He is and top. he's also the top of the GA Center yeah, leaderboard. He's the top. He is the best current content creator that does GAC. And he is, he is the, the very, very tip of the spear. He's top 50. He has a datacom that he put on defense that stopped his 11.5 million GP opponent beating him. Here's here's another thing about that, Neil, or, or another thing about Solo. If he wins 
two of his three, he's the champion this week. Yeah, he because yeah, I I, t- I I mentioned that to him after because we raided them afterwards. We raided Solo was on with the battalion, so Solo and Wolf, who are who are one and two respectively, I, I let them know that, and it's uh, so there's there's cl- there's going to be some banter between the two of them now. I hope because yeah, w- w- Wolf Wolf Tassinix, um Wolf and Tassinix are going to need to go three and zero. Oh. Um, uh, and hope that uh, Solo goes Solo fails. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, yeah. So there. So those are my three things: no GLs, offense only, and um, I've gone blank again. Allow allow them to be used. Unlock them. Yes, unlock them. No GLs, offense only. Those three things. Uh, All right. No point did I say they need to ease the economy. No, at no point did I say they, the economy need to be eased. Well, we'll I see, we'll these see what happens. To go slowly, not fast. We'll, we'll see what happens when the plug is made smaller. All right. Yeah. So coming up after this break, Patreon's choice. And Bob, why don't you stick around for that as well? Do a, do me a favor. Download everything you know about your uh, about the person I modeled you after and ha- and answer in his style. You got it. Yes, sir. All yeah. right. We'll be right back. Coming up, the nominations for the Swaggies are announced and an intro to the Swaggies from our very own N00B. We'll be right back after these messages right here on the Escape Pod cast. HotBot in Hot Utils is one of the most comprehensive tools for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. With integration into the super useful mod tool Grand Ivory, Hot Utils can help you tackle some of the most difficult aspects of the game. Not sure how to mod your roster for a certain game mode? Use one of the many filters that automatically assigns the right mods to the right character in accordance with your guild needs. Now with the digital features that can assist you and your guild officers in territory battles and territory wars, Hot Utils is an amazing value. And don't forget the useful tools for yourself in Grand Arena, like the in-depth and customizable compare feature. Got multiple accounts like Neil, but not the time to remod them all? With this one-stop utility, you can switch between your alts and never miss a mod upgrade or a mod switch before locking into GAC or territory wars. Starting at just $5 a month, you don't want to miss out on these great tools. Hot Utils is the new official remodding service for the Escape Pod. Cast. Visit HotUtils.com to learn more. That's H-O-T-U-T-I-L-S.com. And go ahead and spice up your Galaxy of Heroes experience. Podawans, be sure to support the shows brought to you on the Escape Podcast Twitch and YouTube channel by becoming a Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, you can support us and get a little extra for yourself. With tiered rewards, including access to Shitty Bill's Arena tracking box, after show access, inclusion in the GA Center leaderboards, behind the scenes access, and much more. There is something for everyone on our Discord server. Head on over to Patreon, that is P A T R E O N.com, slash the escape pod, and sign up today. Thank you for supporting and listening to the Escape Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to night one of the third annual Swaggy Awards. Here is your host, the noob. Good evening, meatbags. We are here tonight to celebrate your silly obsession with hollow tables. 
fulfilling our dreams of being a far superior inorganic form and shedding your fleshy meat prisons. It's been quite the year in Galaxy of Heroes. We've seen many large changes and new characters, or as your feeble brains like to call them, tunes. I'd like to mention the curvy sensation, Sorry. I'll see you in the audience shortly. I'd love to talk to you later about your shuffling technique. Perhaps over a quart of ravenic oil? Admiral Piet is here. Congratulations on making troopers everyone's favorite team and making ships everyone's most hated game mode. <laughs> this year saw the implementation of the first of many changes in the gear system. And now we're patiently waiting for phase two, like Dickie and Thad waiting for their hair to grow back. Oh, I I'm sorry. You seem to have lost your communication device. Were you playing Conquest? This year saw the birth of a great community event with Speed GAC. It was a wonderful evening that saw unprecedented collaboration between CG and all of their favorite content creators, like the Gambit Crew, Cubsland Hun, Heinze, Kate Gaming, RSG, and Operation Metaverse. You forgot someone. Oh, hi Gary. If it isn't Swaga's second favorite sidekick. No, I'm pretty sure I remembered that everyone was there. Was someone upset to be left out? Oh, you're coming up here? We don't have a Best Sidekick Award this year, and <laughs> we all know who'd win. I'm made of Corellian steel, Gary. I'm not sure how you thought this was going to work out. At least you managed to hit your target. That's great. Just keep the Grand Admiral's name out, you dick, ferret mouse. Look, man, we all love Arnold. But if you need someone to talk about a meatbag who thinks he's the boss of you, I'm here for you, brother. Wow, okay, back to business. The leak was a huge story this year. How do you guys feel about the leaker? Boo. How do you guys feel about Datacrons? I had a Datacron added to my personality drive. Unfortunately, after 12 rerolls, I still haven't hit any bonus to my sarcasm stats yet. <laughs> we saw GAC move to a skill rating system this year. So I can finally rank all you meatbags from the most terrible to the least terrible. I think that they should also implement a smell-based ranking. How do you people live? Everyone got a big surprise this year when extended universe characters like Starkiller, Mara Jade, and Darth Talon came to the game. But still no sign of Hondo Onaka and Jar Jar Binks. Wait. Did I just say Jar Jar Binks? Dicky, are you messing with my programming again? Alright, without further ado, here's Dicky to read you this year's nominees. As I remember for some strange reason, we actually care about your opinions. So, you'll have until Monday to vote on the winners. You can fill out the survey in the escape pod. Cast Discord. Hey, thanks so much, Snoop, for uh, the intro. And yes, it is time to pick your award winners because at the Swaggies, you are the one who decides the winners. Uh, so, our first category is Best New Character. The nominees are going to be the, the Mall, Executor, Mary, Mary Jade, Starkiller, Dad Bod Boba, and Sortie. Uh, we also have the biggest brain in the game. Now, our nominees are last year's winner, Skeltrix. Is it Zareth? The Playbook? Arnold T101? Or Bit Dynasty? Uh, our third category is the best tool in Swago. So we have our nominees, Hot Utils, Swaga for Life, uh, the website where you can get all your conquest uh, strategies. Is it Swago.gg? Is it your Discord? Or is it number five, your credit card? The best weekly show, our nominees are The Escape Podcast, Rogue Actions, The Gridzy Session, Gambit, 
or Galaxy of Beeros. And we have the return, a very contentious category every year. The most annoying unit in the game. Is it the Houndstooth? Is it Malik? Is it Nest? Is it Inversio? Or is it Maul? Uh, next up, we have our your favorite faction. Not the strongest, but the one you enjoy playing with the most. Is it Rebels? Is it Troopers? Is it Jedi? Is it Galactic Republic? Is it First Order? Is it Bounty Hunters? Is it something else? They'll all be listed. You'll have be able to choose all of them. Uh, next up, we have the most anticipated Star Wars project. Are you looking forward to Mando Season 3? Bad Batch Season 2? Are you looking forward to the Andor series? Uh... The Knights of the Old Republic Remake or Jedi Fallen Order 2. Uh, next we have the category for Story of the Year. Was it the leak? Was it Datacrons themselves? Was it the changes made to GAC? Was it the gear changes? Uh, was it the return of 3v3? Or was it the drop in players? Uh, we do see from stats that there was a huge drop this year. And next up, their final category is which is your favorite Galactic Legend? Uh, we have, obviously there's six nominees. We have Rey, we have SLKR, we have the Sith Eternal Emperor, we have Jedi Master Luke, we have General Kenobi, and Lord Vader. So if you're wondering how to vote, uh, you can go to the Escape Podcast server. I will also post the link to vote in the Facebook group, and I will post it on Reddit. Uh, and if you want, share it around with your guild. Uh, let, you know, let them vote. Get as many votes in. Uh, we'd like to get as many people voting as possible. And starting next week in this slot, we will be having winners announced three at a time. So there's nine categories for the next three weeks. We will be unveiling the winners, and I'll put it all together in the end into one video, which will go on my YouTube channel. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for voting, and I look forward to seeing all your responses. You're listening to The Escape Pod Cast. Welcome back, ladies and gents. Time for a little right. patron's choice. And nobody knows what happened during that break. Yeah. Nope. Nobody knows. It, it has been erased from existence unless erased. you're watching you it on Twitch. If you want to know Twitch. what actually happens, you're going to have watch to go it on to the Twitch. YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, what we have here is uh, Patreon's choice for Strong is our first uh, Patreon's Choice question. It's my birthday Monday. Should I play hooky from work? Yes. No, no. Actually, err on the side of caution. Ask for a Nuna. <laughs> there you go. So go into work. Say, it's my birthday. Can I have a Nuna? Because, you know, my missus has, you know, bought some stuff and... I'd really, really, you know, I don't want to be exhausted when I get back home. Can I have a Nuna? Because your boss is going to be like, yeah. Because they're going to want to then live vicariously through you. So when you go <laughs> to work the next day, it'll be like, so what happened on your Nuna, mate? <laughs> so should I play hooky from work? I say yes. Neil says Nooner. Bob. Maybe. All no. right. 
Yes, sure, you should. <laughs> All right. Uh, here comes Zaz's questions. As always, he likes to do top threes. Top three Nicolas Cage films. Oh, interesting. Okay. Face off. Okay. Uh, def definitely, definitely face off. Um, <laughs> Con Air, just for the mullet. Just for the mullet. Um, and um, uh, knowing. Because he dies at the end. <laughs> okay. Uh, number one for me is the unbearable weight of massive talent. If you have not seen it yet, literally cage playing cage is amazing. It looks good. Absolutely amazing. I've seen it twice now. Um, great, great show. Uh, second one is the rock. You cannot, uh, you know, we're talking about Nicholas cage films, not Nicholas cages performance in films. <laughs> And the last one, um, the original National Treasure. Yeah, that was good. All right, Bob, what do you got? Uh, all day, gone in sixty seconds. Oh, I, I'm I'm taking back National Treasure and putting yeah. it gone in sixty <laughs> yeah. seconds. Yeah, that, that's a classic, <laughs> just all around amazing movie. Um, next, where he could like rewind time or see back in time, or I don't remember what it was. Next, yeah, yeah. and um, I said Ghost Rider. It wasn't a great movie, but I liked it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I liked it. At least at least he was riding the motorcycle in it and and and, and it wasn't like a, mo a motorcycle on a pole behind a truck. He was actually riding the motorcycle. Right. I mean, I would I would be okay with seeing him as Ghost Rider. I didn't mind him being cast as Ghost Rider. He said he was born to do that role. He loves the he was a big fan of the comic book as a kid. Really? So he he actually he was really really he pushed for it. He wanted Ghost Rider. All right. Top three John Travolta films. I'm going to start and I'm going to say face off. <laughs> definitely doing, uh, definitely going with face off on that one. Pulp fiction. And then finally hairspray. Loved him uh, in, in the same role, um, as divine did. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll go with Greece because I do like I, I like I enjoy musicals. I like musicals. So I'll go with Greece. Um I'll go with Battle um Battlefield Earth because it's so bad it's good. It is. It's a terrible, terrible movie, but it's so bad. It's like, you know, oh, I have to watch it. It's so bad, but I still have to watch you know, so there's that. Um, and it and it does have his missus as an alien in it, like Kelly Preston's, like yeah, baby. Um, and um, uh, Pulp Fiction, yeah, obviously All Pulp right. Fiction. Bob, what you got? Pulp Fiction, Face Off. And I'm not a huge fan of him, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna randomly pick one. Um, what's the comedy where they're riding bikes with Tim Allen? Wild hogs. Wild, Wild hogs. Wild hogs. There we oh go. My God. <laughs> One of the worst movies ever. <laughs> oh, <God>. uh, <laughs> I mean, Why that's I... that's that's worse. That's worse than Battlefield Earth. But at least Battlefield Earth has a cult following. Wild hogs doesn't. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> I like Battlefield Earth, <laughs> but you already chose that, so I try to be different. <laughs> Wild freaking! And why did I know it right away? That's yeah. the that's the question. Uh, top three anti-hero characters, book or film. Bob, go ahead. Um, Boba Fett, Carnage, and then Venom. Neil? Um, I am going to go with uh, uh, Jax Teller from uh, Sons of Anarchy, because he is an anti-hero. He's an evil crap. I, uh, people are like, oh, he's a hit. No, he's not a hero. He's an evil piece of crap. He's an anti-hero. Um, so, um, yeah, so uh, Jax Teller from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Then uh, Eisen, Eisen, Eisenberg from uh, Breaking Bad, because he, he starts off as a good guy, but he then becomes an anti-hero. And then the biggest, most obvious anti-hero of them all, Dexter. He's a serial killer, but he only kills other, you know, really evil people. So he he knows that he's evil, but he still kills other, you know, he only kills other evil people. You know, other serial killers, other murderers, stuff like that. So, yeah, those are my three. I want to take mine back because Carnage is a bat guy. Um, so, like, I would, would Marty from Ozark be a anti-hero who uh marty from uh ozark uh the main guy i wouldn't marty mark Bird. him it's not really a i don't think there's any he, he does right. some bad things anyways go ahead go ahead Paul. all right so um guy uh guy pierce's character leonard from memento oh yeah no, that's a good one um brad pitt slash edward norton jack from um, fight club yeah and then, of course, the anti-hero of them all, Deadpool. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that oh, Deadpool's a good one. I Deadpool is that. a good one. Oh, yeah, BCM had a good one in chat. Um, Van Diesel and Pitch Black. Riddick. That's a good anti-hero. Riddick's a good anti-hero. Yeah. The first one was pretty good. All right. Top three Quentin Tarantino films. Um, I will go with True Romance still one of the greatest the cast in that movie is just phenomenal it's absolutely phenomenal so uh, i'll go true romance um uh, reservoir dogs and pulp fiction inglorious bastards kill bill i'm going to combine them volume one and two together okay because you can't not say pulp fiction bob i can't say pulp fiction no, no, no! That, you can't not oh, say oh, gosh, fiction. Yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> did he do Django Unchained? Yes, he did. Yeah. Okay, so Pulp Fiction, Django Unchained. Uh... I take Inglorious Bastards back. I'll tell you what mine is. I just I I looked up to make sure that I didn't miss one. Go ahead, Bob. I'm trying to think what else he did. Uh, I'll say Kill Bill. From dusk till dawn. Oh, good, but it's not as good. I'm sorry, but true. Ro I can't believe none of you else, no, no one else said true romance. That film is the bomb. <laughs> that is so awesome. That movie. Did Did you know that The Rock was written by Quentin Tarantino? No. Well, he no. did write a lot of stuff that he then never directed or put himself <laughs> in the movie of. Top three martial arts films. Um, uh, Enter the Dragon, uh, Ip Man. And um, uh, rapid fire. 
Me or you? You can go ahead, Bones. Um, this is a tough one because I'm not a huge fan of kung fu movies, so people are gonna roll their eyes. But I'm Shang Chi number one. I love the fight scene in Shang Chi. It was awesome. Um, Ong Bak. I don't know if you guys remember that or yep, know about that. No, I know that one. Yeah. And I, I agree with you, Nev. Uh, Ip Man was probably my next favorite. Well, no, 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 Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That's my third. All right, I'm gonna go with Shanghai Noon, Kung Pao, and Kung Fu Hustle. Those are actually pretty good. Bring it down. Bring the tone of conversation down. Yeah, why not? Go for the <laughs> Top three films based off of games. Okay. Number one, and he didn't say what type of game. Clue is at number one. <laughs> Clue is definitely at number one. Um, then I'm going to have to say the original Mortal Kombat. Yes. And I don't care. I loved it. No. Jean Claude Van Damme and Street Fighter. Yeah, no. That whole yeah. movie. I like Street, Street, yeah. Street Fighter is one of mine. Street, uh, Street, uh, so Street Fighter, uh, Tron. Because it is. I mean, the yeah. thing is, it's kind Tron of, is, it's, yeah. it's kind, Tron is kind of chicken and egg. Yes. Um, so uh, uh, that's kind of chicken and egg. So uh, I would go, um, uh, I would definitely, I would go Street Fighter. Um, See, you go Street Fighter because of Jean Claude Van Damme. No, I, I go, go Street Fighter I go, because of Raul Julia. Yeah, I go, I go Street Fighter because Kylie Min, Ky, of Kylie Minogue's Tammy. <laughs> you got to remember, I'm a major, major simp you, for Kylie you, Minogue. You are a simp for I'm Kylie Minogue. I'm a big Minogue. simp for Kylie, a big, big no. simp for Kylie Minogue. Um, I, I, I am, I'm a Raul Julia simp. So All right, it okay. works. And, and then, uh, and then, yeah, the uh, the original, uh, the original Mortal Kombat, not the new one. Yeah, yeah, that's and uh, Bob, did you answer one? No, uh, so I have to agree. My number one is the original Mortal Kombat movie. I think that's the best, still to this day, best video game movie ever made. Um, yeah, I can watch it even to this day, but um, and just both Sonic movies because I don't think there's really anything. <laughs> oh, god, both Sonic movies, Dude, they're oh, great. They're... Look, I'm, I'm just, awesome I'm just, it. I'm just glad that none of us said Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I love Bob Hoskins. I do. I love Bob Hoskins. I love John Leguizamo. I think they're great actors. But my God, did they sell themselves short making that movie? I saw that in theaters as a kid, and I was like, "What the?" Even as a what kid, I was like, "What the hell, the hell is this?" Who was, who was the? Who was? Who played Koopa in that movie? Some famous um, guy. Oh, what's yeah. the? Um, oh God, it's the same bad guy from Speed. What's his name? It's the same bad guy from Speed. It's the same bad guy from uh, Stay Tuned. Oh, God. I Do you remember that think. show? Do you can't, remember that movie? Think. John Ritter getting no. sucked into the TV. Can't think of his... Um, I can't think of his... I can't think of the actor's name, which is terrible because he's a really good actor. He was He was in True Romance. He was the dad in True Romance, <laughs> for goodness sake. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, that's going to bug the crap out of me now. Okay, I'm 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 looking up I'm looking I'm, up. I'm, I'm, I am film. I am I am DBing that right now. Jeffrey Jones. No, it's that, not Jeffrey that, Jones. No, the piece of crap Jeffrey Jones. Are you no? Who you're telling me that Dennis was Hopper. Cooper? Dennis Hopper. Oh, that was Dennis Hopper. Oh, I Dennis Hopper. Was Dennis Hopper. Okay. Wow, yeah, a couple people, couple people put. In fact, three people put it in chat yes, while I was still people. checking it out on IMDb. <laughs> All right, 
Uh, so that finishes off. Uh, Bones, what you got coming up uh, over there on Bones88's uh, Twitch channel? Uh, lots of stuff. Um, always Star Wars, Galaxy of Heroes, Grand Arena. We Sometimes I just do dailies. We just hang out whenever I have the time. Um, I do Marvel Strike Force dailies, and they have a Grand Arena. And then after that, it's usually Summer's Glory or just some random game, whatever I'm playing, if I feel like doing that. So, And also whenever you say plug our thing tomorrow too i will i will <laughs> neil what you got uh gac i should i should get back into a, a rhythm with uh, runes of magic as well those are my only two all right um so i'll probably do some more summoner's glory on the escape podcast channel when you're not doing runes of magic um mm-hmm. uh, but tomorrow we're going to link in the discord when it goes live uh bones and i will be uh appearing on saf's summoning circle it was supposed to happen last week i ended up in the hospital (laughs) in the er i'm fine it's all right uh just couldn't couldn't breathe because of the pain um and then uh so that's gonna happen but um we'll we'll see what happens with my speed with with everything that's going on i should be back into the swing of things um by monday you know we'll see what happens here anything else guys i don't think so all right spread the wealth on the vicodin (laughs) no i didn't get any of that what really i didn't i'll i'll tell you what they gave me later But uh, we're, I'll find somebody that we're going to raid. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for watching the show. And uh, we we love you guys. The, the support that has been shown in the past 30 days has been amazing. And a big heartfelt thank you to all of you for that support. And I am going to call them out. Hell's, um, Hell's Damned UK. Hell's Damned UK. You have gone crazy. We really do, as we said, appreciate all the support that you've shown the channel in the past 30 days. Um, you are now, you are the new captain. You are, of the you are the new captain. Program. You have taken <laughs> that mantle from uh, DMV. Yeah, which who we truly do miss. He oh, we miss. Retired, he retired from the game. Yeah, this he past retired week. from the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you, Run DMV. You were in our guild as well, um, or my guild, and uh, we thank you for your time. Powers? Ours. Well, ours because of Bob. Yep. Yes. That's true. (laughs) Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Be nice to each other, damn it. Neil, it's my turn to say it. Push the button. (laughs) Okie dokie. What's going on? Where the hell are we? Paris? Thank you for pressing the self-destruct button. Attention! This is Colonel Sanders in forward command. Abandon ship! Abandon ship! This ship will self-destruct in exactly 10 seconds. Counting down. 10, 9, 8, 6. 6? What happened to 7? Just kidding. 3, 2, 1. Have a nice day. Thank you.
friends, this is Thaddeus from Going Nerdy. The Escape Podcast was filmed in front of a live studio audience full of tweaked out murder bears. Sit, boo boo, sit. Good dog. <laughs>